everybody, welcome back to We and You, where we talk about the Kentucky Commission on Human Rights and a little bit about what's going on in our area. I am Terrence Sullivan. And I'm Brittany Cook. We're broadcasting from beautiful downtown Louisville here in the historic Hayburn building. I was uh, watching this show. Sorry, random, real quick. I was watching this show the other day. And you know me. I'm terrible at watching shows. But I was watching one. Um, And this guy came into a record store. And he's, like, holding his phone up in the middle of the record store to Shazam the song that was playing when there were two employees standing right next to them. And they were, like, what are you doing? Like, we're right here. You can't ask us what song we're playing over the loudspeaker. That's funny. I I trust people, or I trust Shazam over people, though, for real. <laughs> Their record shop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I don't know. No, that is funny. I could see myself doing that because I feel like people wouldn't really know what they were talking about. <laughs> um, I have a little bit of trust in the folks that are down there on the floors, right? <laughs> yeah, depending. If it's like an independent one, possibly, because then they yes. they yes. do it for the love of it. If it was like a going old school uh, Sam Goody, then nah, that's just somebody that wanted a job. Um, about those, yeah, <laughs> old school. Go and share those headphones with everyone and push the three buttons to listen to the three tracks that you could on an album. Um, that was really fun back in the day, like to walk over there and like, you know, this out, this CD is coming out and it's not out yet, but you can listen to three songs. And so you have like a line of people waiting by, I remember seeing like Britney Spears and people listening to that or sync or something at the store before it came out. So That's and, cool. yeah, it is kind of cool stuff like that. I hate that people don't get to experience anymore. It's like, Something's coming out. You can go pull it up on YouTube or whatever. <laughs> right. So today, um, this is our first show during Women's History Month, isn't it? I believe it is. Yes. So I'm a big proponent of women um, and women's history. And so I think that it should be talked about year round. Same thing with black history. I think it's ridiculous that we um, put such important groups in months which it's good to highlight but it's also things shouldn't be forgotten the Absolutely. other yeah we shouldn't be surrounding <laughs> uh especially like curriculum in schools to, to only focus on like black folks in february and women in march um but you know we're working on that right we'll get there <laughs> especially when president Brittany cook takes over oh okay <laughs> yeah no but um I think one thing I wanted to start talking about first for Women's History Month um, is, and this will, this can tell, like, dovetail into another discussion, but I feel like we would be 
remiss if we did not start by talking about the women's history that took place in November of 2020 and Kamala Harris becoming vice president. Okay. Um, okay. I, yeah. I can't understand. I can't tell you enough how exciting it was at that point, but also for multiple reasons, including, you know, Black History Month as well. But for just in general of seeing over 80 million people by default, even like entrust a woman, a black woman um, with the keys to the country like <laughs> it's like we had this rare hundreds um year old vintage car and only one type of person has been allowed to drive it and it's like i'm not giving you the keys exactly but you can ride shotgun and you can drive a little bit and it's just really cool that that's where we are. Yeah, it really is. And I think, like, on for me, it was such a defining moment, too, because we're recognizing her, right? Like, yes, she's in that office, but we've had a vice president's wife in office before that was an enslaved Black woman. And she was, like, completely erased from history up until... Kamala stepped up and was like in that role. So I don't know. To me, I feel like it's it's not only identifying what women are capable of now, but it's people going back and saying, hey, this is something that we've had in the past and we can't keep ignoring in a certain aspect. Of course, she wasn't like the one that was in office, but. <laughs> All right. First off, I'm going to jump through the screen and throw something at you because you said Kamala and that make. Ugh. Oh, God. We're going to fight. We're going to fight. No, um, it happens. Uh, it happens. <laughs> no, I, I, I think for me, and then this is where it dovetails into something I was, else I was going to mention. But for me, it's just acknowledging the fact that women can lead. And I'm, mm -hmm. again, we can't go into politics or whatever, but it's very cool to me and very heartening and all of the good things to me that we've had so many vice presidents and very few people can name them all. <laughs> but <Yeah>. we've had <laughs> so many vice presidents where they become vice president and then you very rarely hear them ever again, except unless it's something bad. Um, or if they run for presidential office. Yeah. But like while the current administration is in office, you very rarely hear presidents talk about their vice president because it, for a long time, it was seen as just like this ceremonial role that someone filled that was a ticket booster where you needed support and you needed the electoral votes of Texas. And so you were like, Hey, you're from Texas. You want to join the ticket and you get to be vice president, which means you have a better shot at becoming president one day. Um, it, it, for the longest, it was never seen as like a partnership. And 
I was very impressed first with Barack Obama, who at times would defer to Joe Biden to say, you know what, you lead this thing, or when we needed the Recovery Act, and he was like, hey, you you take care of this, or when we started, when we were going through um, a mini pandemic, he was like, hey, you you handle this. And it was seen more of a partnership where they had the agreement that you're going to be at the table, you're going to be in the room, and we're going to make sure we have lunch every week so we can make sure that we're talking and doing all these things. And I thought it was, one, really noble of Joe Biden, an older white man, to accept that that role from a younger black man and say, you know what, okay, I'll do that. And so it was really, really, and, you know, coming back around, it was really cool to me to see him reciprocate that, but and then some, with Kamala Harris. And mm-hmm. I have very rarely seen him without her. And when they show pictures of, or video of the meetings with the other leaders or the phone calls or them doing their stately duties, she's right there. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, he'll say, Vice President Harris and I, Vice President Harris and I, he doesn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. On the night that the election was officially called, he gave her the primetime speaking spot. <laughs> like, you don't see that. And so I think that that's something that we should at least talk about during Women's History Month is that we are making women's history right now and that we are under leadership that recognizes the value of women and women's voices. Absolutely. And like to be in a space where you can lift up women's voices, I think that's so very important because that's the opposite of what our country has seen throughout its lifespan. (laughs) Um, And so now it seems like it's something that hopefully we'll see more of in the future. No, I I definitely hope we see more of it in the future. Um, Again, future president Brittany Cook. Um. (laughs) I'm going to show up in my plaid and be like, butch AF. (laughs) I kind of feel like that's the way we will, if it's not Kamala, (laughs) I feel like that's the way we'll have to go because like, I feel like for certain people, maybe the plaid will be like, okay, close enough to a man. Let's do it. Um. (laughs) I'm going to have to like step up my shoe game though. She's like setting a standard right now. True, true. And I'll walk. I got to get it together, right? I need that to be walk. ready. I'm... That walk is so strong. <laughs> I cannot get over it. Like, I have never been able to just watch over and over and over again somebody walking. Like, just a few steps at a time <laughs> and on repeat and still find so much satisfaction from it. I, I don't and how she does it i've only seen one other person where i've been like dang i wish i could walk like that (laughs) just one other wait who was it barack hussein (laughs) okay no one until kamala no one came down air force one 
or out to the Rose Garden like the swag of Barack Obama. Like, it always looked like he was about to walk up to the podium and drop the best diss track, like, freestyle. Like, it always looked like that. Even when he came, like, the best one is when he came out to announce the Osama bin Laden raid. And he just had, like, this slow strut, but a, like, look of confidence. And it was like, he's about to say something for real. Or, Mm -hmm. this album is about to be really good. (laughs) And so... (laughs) And then Zoom pops in and is like, are you recording music right now? It asked me again just now, so that's cool. Um, So, one thing that I did want to bring up, which Brittany is forcing me to bring up... um, forcing i'm not forcing you tweeted about it you put it out there in the atmosphere let's the people know i i I tweeted a lot of things i think i have like seven thousand tweets at this point um but that's like i have like seven (laughs) well it's over 14 years so true i was one of the early adopters of twitter because i hate facebook um, I had it, but we ain't talking about my old account. <laughs> if anyone wants to find it, it is B. I'm not going to say it. Um, <laughs> no, um, my honors thesis was around something that's really relevant to Women's History Month because, like I said, I've always been a. I realized how weird it sounded when I said it earlier, but I am a proponent of women. Um, and I'm more so a proponent of women in leadership roles and i don't want to get into a generalization or a especially a sexist generalization but i did do quite a long time worth of study on women in leadership roles and the efficacy of places mostly countries, but also like larger businesses who have been run at some point by women. And what it found was that women have been more effective leaders for a multitude of reasons, but for countries, um, the engagement in wars or um, foreign disputes was lower. Um, but also the feeling of inclusivity within that population was much higher. And the reason is because women, and this is, this is research-based, this isn't my opinion, <laughs> women were more likely to admit that they don't know everything and surround themselves with experts. Whereas men, leaders surrounded themselves with other like-minded people who then had designated roles. Um, I think, and this is again, not a political statement, but I think that was evidenced in the last presidential administration. I was like, hey, you're a friend of mine and we think similarly, you run the attorney general's office, you run the post. Yeah. And so women historically um, did not do that. They found people who were the best in their respective fields and they then used them for counsel. Mm -hmm. And that overall led to better results for the country or the business or whatever, because you had, 
they had the humility to accept that they weren't the final answer and that they were someone who was more of a facilitator of good ideas, not the only person who had them. I mean, as a woman, I'd say that sounds pretty accurate. (laughs) (laughs) And that's not to say that there aren't women who do the opposite and there aren't men who do that. Um, We've seen some pretty prominent roles of women who do the opposite. Yeah. And that's not in this. Well, maybe not in this country. I don't know. We've not had too many women in the higher roles in this country. Yeah. So we don't have the the sample size to pull from. But even thinking of like, even at a a smaller level, like thinking of um, there are some women who are governors or mayors or other elected officials who um, (laughs) do the opposite. Um, But overall, just seeing that in research. was pretty it wasn't eye-opening because i expected it so i can't lie and say that but it was um, really valid confirmation i think the timing of when i did this um a certain woman was running for president (laughs) and so uh that was when i started when i finished it that certain woman did not win and mr Swagwalk was president but that's but still It it was really fun to research because it's something I always thought about and just wanted to look further into. And the the piece about foreign affairs was interesting to me because it had been one of the theories I looked at was some people saying that that would be the opposite because countries might view you as weaker and want to engage in only those countries that aren't willing to have women in uh, their highest elected office. <laughs> yeah, and some that did. Uh, it was interesting to see um, places that beat us to having women leaders, um, like some places that we look down upon in South America who mm-hmm. did it a long time ago, or some Central European countries that we also like to act like we're better than did it a long time ago. Um, So also places that we really think of as oppressive towards women Mm -hmm. had women leaders before we did. So And consistently have more women leaders than what we have. And if we're looking at, uh, you know, politics as being like the leading roles in our country, of course. Right. So I don't know. I thought that was really interesting to... um, just see and something to talk about in Women's History Month that mm-hmm. hopefully um, with the current administration, we use that as a springboard and an eye-opening event or occasion to let other people recognize like women can lead and they should lead. So hopefully that's where but, we go. Yeah. And, and it takes women to know women and I'm, a white woman. So I've been doing a lot of research on white feminism, but also addressing how toxic white feminism can be because, I mean, throughout the history, especially in the United States with the suffrage movement, we have white women that were stepping up saying we deserve a right to vote. 
and yet left out their black and brown sisters in that argument. So I really want, you know, we're not supposed to do calls to action, right? But this is my call to action, I guess, in a way. But like, I want white women to understand their role in empowering other women and not trying to just think that an equal society means equality for them because there's so much more that race depicts within every argument um, in terms of protected classes and and that has to be continually looked at we have to keep a lens on that so no i, I think you're 100 right in that actually just going right along um, as a cat slowly crawls behind you. Um, <laughs> I just saw the tail and I was like, hey, who is that? No, she's just waving. She's yeah. happy right now. <laughs> um, the, I know you don't ever really watch the telly, but did you happen to catch all oh, the, oh, it's so cute. The um, interview with Meghan Markle with Oprah. I did watch a little bit of it. A um, little bit. Ah. Well, so I had a, a friend that came over that needed to talk. So that that's more my precedent. So we had it on in the background. Um, and then I did read some things on it afterwards, um, especially like the next day. Um, I don't know. Do you want my opinion yet? Or do you want to say what you want to say? Go for it. I was just thinking when you talked about um, especially white fem feminism, um, I was just thinking about some of the things with some of the responses that I saw from white women and then some of the things that people were saying, like adding in um, Kate Middleton and all this. So you go ahead. But that's just what got me on the thought and the topic. Yeah. So there's a lot of different ro uh, like directions I can go on that. So one of them being, you know, uh, the whole incident with Kate apparently crying, but Megan reported that that was actually the opposite um, in that situation. Um, <laughs> speaking of, you know, making sure that we're uplifting women of color, white tears is, is very much a huge issue. There is a book by uh, Ruby Hamad I would recommend to any and every person out there to read called White Tears, Brown Scars because white women crying over situations that happen that should just be standardized means that we're now putting ourselves into this like vulnerable role of needing to be rescued, right? We don't need to be of color. We need to be able to stand with them. We need to be able to communicate with them and we need to be able to come together and actually have discussions without victimizing ourselves. Because a lot of times it is just small little tiffs. And if we want to sit there and say, Hey, we can be in a role of power and we can, um, empower other people, then we can't keep victimizing ourselves and leaning toward that side of things. Um, I'll let you step up and calm me down a little bit from oh, that. No. That can probably go in a lot further, but um, that that book alone is is an incredible piece of literature that everyone needs to read, in my opinion. Yeah. So my, I have a lot of takes on it, but the ones that are pertinent to this conversation, I'll try to stick to those. Um, it was. One, it wasn't surprising to me, again, like, 
I'm black. I know how racism works. Um, I also, you know, don't expect too much of the country that became a world power by colonizing others. Um, (laughs) yeah, so I, I, I don't know what to say there, but just the interview itself, I think one, I'm so thankful that we have a trusted black woman voice in this country. Like, Oprah has transcended so many things that people just, she's just her own thing. And Mm -hmm. so the fact that she was able to have this conversation and get so many eyes on it is remarkable. Um, Dang it, I could have made a pun with Markle. Remarkable. Yeah, anyway. um, Missed opportunity there. Uh, (laughs) But it's really cool that she's able to have that space. Now, um, the follow-up the way that she was able to ask questions and elicit responses that people possibly thought about or wondered and then having them confirmed, but hearing about the, the concerns over the baby's skin color or um, the, re- the incident that you referenced where everyone was like, oh, Kate cried, oh my God, when really Kate made her cry. But then it went from being a story where everyone was like gosh I have so many things I want to say but (laughs) it went from being a story where people were like feeling bad for Kate for crying and like vilifying Meghan Markle a little bit to being oh are you sure that's what happened um and that just gets me more to what I one of the thoughts that I have about a lot of this is dealing with people who don't understand your circumstances and the Pierce Morgans of the world or all of those people with a million numbers after their names on Twitter because they're not real people um, saying, oh, that's not really what happened. Or um, like when Meghan Markle, very vulnerable, talked about her suicidal thoughts Mm-hmm. And you have people saying, oh, you know, well, no, that's not what happened. And then you had this statement from the royal family about never saying sorry, but all, like saying they take racism seriously. And then t- this morning, um, Prince William coming out and saying that none like race has never been an issue for him and that he didn't act ra- like with any racial intent or whatever. And that he didn't do like the things we didn't happen the way that she said no. Uh, I have a problem with people giving the space to the aggressor or the oppressor to have the the say of what happened. And it wasn't your space to under to feel it, so you can't comment on what was felt. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I've never been the princess or duchess of a country, um, but I have often been a black person in white spaces. And... Mm-hmm. Anytime I've talked about my my experience, it, it was always shot down as like, oh, no, it wasn't that, or that's not what happened um, with past employers, um, all through law school. I mean, I posted on Twitter a couple of times, like, things that had happened, and then some of the bros from my class would be like, no, that didn't happen, like that never happened, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yes, it did. I felt it. Like, I, one of my favorite classes was contracts. 
and I was the only person who looked like me in there. And anyone who knows how law school classes work, especially your first year where you have large classes, huge assembly hall, and everyone is expected to have read and prepared, and then they just call on you. They start talking, and then they're like, so blah, 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 blah. Um, what do you think about what Justice so-and-so said, Brittany? And then you're just supposed expected to respond. And mm -hmm. for me, especially early on, and this is human nature, when the professor was looking for someone to call on, the one who looks different is the one who gets called on a lot because you stand out. Mm -hmm. And I had voiced how difficult that was that I didn't have the luxury of all these people who would be like, oh, I haven't read in weeks. I'm not going to prepare. You know, I'm not going to get called on. Mm, no, I've read everything, even though I couldn't afford the books. I had the old books and the old cases. But, like, I knew that it was a very high likelihood that I was going to get called on. And also, which meant there was a very high likelihood I was going to be wrong in front of everyone about something. And it, it paints the experience in a way that's different for people who don't have to deal with that. Um, and so watching the interview, hearing about all of the things that happened, some of the follow-up I saw was like, well, now we have Megan's side, but everyone knows that the real story is somewhere in the middle between because you have your side, their side, and the truth. I, I think that fits for most circumstances, but not on issues of race because you can never... There's no middle ground on what someone felt. Mm -hmm. And it was so frustrating to read that as like the the takeaway is like, well, you know, these are some explosive some explosive comments, but now we need to see where the where the the people and you know, where they stand because we know that it's somewhere in the middle. Like no. But that's the thing too. When that person, that group, the family, the firm, whomever it is, like when they're already the person in power, why do we need to know what their thoughts are as well? Yeah, that I They I, hold all yeah. the power. And then you give it back to them by giving them the way like you can reshape the conversation. And so that's like the whole thing with Prince William um being able to say, "No, that's not what happened." And then you have this large subset of people who are going to be like, see, told you, that's not what happened to her. And then, mm -hmm. you know, and that's, they get the, they get the power back and it's her being victimized again. That's the way it yeah. works. Yeah. <laughs> I was listening to the radio last night and they were, this one woman had wrote in and said, well, isn't it always um, something that you talk about? Like what the child look is going to look like? And it's like, okay, you can talk about like their eyes or whether they're going to have their father's nose. But when you're talking about their color of their skin, it's quite a bit of a different discussion because that's something that's going to impact them more in society throughout their entire life than whose nose they have. Yeah, 100%. So ugh. anyway, I can't talk about this anymore i'm getting annoyed and frustrated <laughs> um the last so, well sorry go, go ahead. ahead i was just gonna say like in general like i was glad that i didn't sit there and try to put in that time on listening to the entire interview because i think the overarching concept is 
how many people were shocked by it, but like, you have to know that that was kind of all expected, right? Like to me anyways, there, there wasn't any shock value there other than the fact that like, I do feel like her husband, um, is uplifting her voice well for her and giving her that space and the platform to use her voice. And that to me was very surprising. And that is a beautiful, beautiful thing that I hope that um, more couples could have. Don't, yeah, don't get me started on Prince Harry. (laughs) No, he, the pure definition of white privilege, he was born into royalty never really had to worry about a thing in his life. Mm -hmm. And he was able to step back and say, I saw how she was treated and it was wrong. And Mm -hmm. then I want to make sure I get out of the way so she can tell that story. Like Mm -hmm. I I said that about President Biden earlier. This is on a whole nother level that he was given all of this stuff. Like, at least Biden had to run and do all that. Like he was given all of this stuff and was like, you know what? You're here with me. I want you to share this with the world. And that's, I don't know. It It's very inspiring, but it also makes me so mad because you have people who have way less privilege and fail to seed it at all to say, mm-hmm. okay, that may have been your experience in class. I just don't understand because it didn't happen to me. Like, very like the people. It makes it even more stark that that some people can't take themselves out of it like that. So, I could talk for two thousand hours about how great it is that he is able to do that. And I don't know. Maybe they teach people differently in whatever type of school they went to. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's just like royal rich private schools. Yeah. Like, I so. I don't know. That's a whole nother thing for me, but good, good for him and good for them. And hopefully it makes some, some difference that people see that and understand, Hey, if I get out of my own way, I can try to understand others. And that's really all we can hope for, for any positive future change. Absolutely. Support your partners, support your friends, support Support people who are different than you. support people who are different than you anyway yeah that one that whole thing i could honestly just talk about and talk about but i also feel like it would just make me mad (laughs) Um, (laughs) i'm glad pierce morgan doesn't have a job anymore guess i don't know if i can say that but i am Uh, (laughs) i think we're just not allowed to talk about u.s politics in that way i don't know he's not in politics he's on base it's like saying something about savannah guthrie he's basically on the the today show and you know um i don't think anyone would say that's political to say something about savannah guthrie so or hoda or <laughs> can't go Matt lauer though <laughs> terrence everything true true we had a conversation about that before um, yes we did <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that was pretty much um everything I wanted to talk about, I did want to briefly touch on a commission that was potentially started. You know what? I'll save it for another time because I want to see where it goes in the legislature first. 
Yeah. Keep secrets over here. It's not a secret. I mean, everybody knows about it. It's just or like a like a cliffhanger note, I guess I should say, not a secret, a cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure y'all come back to listen to the next show. <laughs> yeah, it's called a it's called a teaser in the biz. Got to got to bring them back. Yeah. I'm in a, I'm in a radio station right now. I can say the biz. <laughs> there are multiple microphones around me and a soundboard so i say the biz radio station it's also a very just small room and that's that's it. <laughs> don't crush my dreams man i mean <laughs> we always feel legit when we're in there though when you've got all the all the systems and parts and the yeah it is legit watching this <laughs> i just like watching the soundboard work um it's a nerdy part of me there's also a really old school radio that I just really want to play with, but I don't want to break anything. So I just look at it. <laughs> you still haven't played with that thing. No, I won't. I, the fact that the buttons have labels on them of what you can and can't push means I shouldn't touch it. Sneezing dogs over here, ringing phones, you know, this is, this is my day to day. <laughs> pretty good i think <laughs> anyway um if anybody knows of a way to like mute things that happen on your computer during a zoom call without muting the zoom call please let me know <laughs> it's in your notification settings on your computer but we'll get there <laughs> anyway um I am very grateful that we got to talk about this today and happy Women's History Month. I don't know if you say happy Women's History Month. We're going to say it. Um, and hopefully we can have more good conversations about women in history um, next time we talk. And maybe there will be even more cats. <laughs> maybe. I do have two of them. You only saw one today. See? And Brittany, <laughs> Brittany also puts out a teaser for the next show. <laughs> Only if they start meowing or something, right? <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yes. I've been practicing. <sighs> I was in the movie Cats and then I was cut. So next time on the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we will see everyone next time. <laughs> <laughs> the music you hear throughout this recording was produced by Esquire Music alongside Spice Productions.